Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. All right, so today we're going to go ahead and, and we're going to have a reading this morning. And we want to give you, a, again, we're, we're doing something very different than we're used to doing in our church. We're going to have a 10-minute reading of three chapters. And so we're going to give you a little bit of some tips during this reading. Chris Mackey, you can come on up. And uh, when Chris reads, what uh, we want you to understand is you can't take this all in. It's a lot. So it's okay if you, you say, I'm just starting, I can't, I can't digest all this. That's okay. You really can't digest three chapters in one reading. And feel free during the reading, again, you have a, uh, we'll have a Bible app, bring that out. If you have, we have Bibles in the back. If you need some right below the camera there, go grab one if you'd like. It won't be on the screen, so you can just close your eyes if you like. But as you go through this, ask, pay attention to something that's highlighted. It's okay to go ahead and focus on that while the reading continues. Because sometimes you're just thinking on one thing and that's fine. So we, we just want you to have freedom to stay present with this and not try to take, it, take in three chapters all at once, right? But we, the time is used for you to be reflecting on the things that God highlights. All right? So I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Chris Mackey. And he'll be reading out the message translation. But here's a, uh, a little few things that you can still come here. Uh, <laughs> you can... A couple things as you go along, just be listening to whatever, you know, you pay attention to, what stands out. Take a note if you need to. If you want to write, write, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Pay attention to your emotions as you listen. Pay attention to those things and let God speak to you through those things. All right. Come on up, Chris. John 15 through 17. I am the real vine. <clears throat> I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape, bear, grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if, you bear, uh, but if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I have loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done, kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in His love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. 
This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember. I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember, but remember the root command, love one another. If you find the godless world is hating you, remember it got its start hating me. If you lived on the world's terms, the world would love you as one of their own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. When that happens, remember this. Servants don't get better treatment than their masters. If they beat on me, they will certainly beat on you. If they did what I told them, they will do what you tell them. They are going to do all these things to you because of the way they treated me, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I hadn't come and told them all this in plain language, it wouldn't be so bad. As it is, they have no excuse. Hate me, hate my father. It's all the same. If I hadn't done what I have done among them, works no one has ever done, they wouldn't be to blame. But they saw the God signs and hated anyway, both me and my father. Interesting, they have verified the truth of their own scriptures where it is written, they hated me for no good reason. When the friend I plan to send you from the Father comes, the Spirit of truth issuing from the Father, he will confirm everything about me. You too, from your side, must give your confirming evidence, since you are in this with me from the start. I've told you these things to prepare you for rough times ahead. They are going to throw you out of the meeting places. There will even come a time when anyone who kills you will think he's doing God a favor. They will do these things because they never really understood the Father. I've told you these things so that when the time comes and they start in on you, you will be well warned and ready for them. I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, but now I am on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. That righteousness comes from above where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen, and indeed, out of all that I have done and said. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. 
This is why I've said He takes from me and delivers to you. That stirred up a hornet's nest of questions among the disciples. What's He talking about? In a day or so, you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so, you will see me. And because I'm on my way to the Father, what is this day or so? We don't know what He's talking about. Jesus knew they were dying to ask Him what He meant, so He said, are you trying to figure out among yourselves what I meant when I said in a day or so you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so you will see me? Then fix this firmly in your minds. You're going to be in deep mourning while the godless world throws a party. You'll be sad, very sad, but your sadness will develop into gladness. When a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain, but the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy, and it will be a joy no one can rob from you. You'll no longer be so full of questions. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name, according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. I've used figures of speech in telling you these things. Soon I'll drop the figures and tell you about the Father in plain language. Then you can make your requests directly to him in relation to this life I've revealed to you. I won't continue making requests of the Father on your behalf. I won't need to, because you've gone out on a limb, committed yourself to love and trust in me. Believing I came directly from the Father, the Father loves you directly. First, I left the Father and arrived in the world. Now, I leave the world and travel to the Father. The, his disciples said, Finally! You're giving it to us straight in plain talk. No more figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything. Now we know that you know everything. It all comes together in you. You won't have to put up with our questions anymore. We're convinced you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this, godly, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. Jesus said these things. Then, raising his eyes in prayer, he said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your sun, so the sun in turn may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human, so that he might give real and eternal life to all in his care. And this is the real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. 
I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place, then you gave them to me, and they have now done what you said. They know now, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. From the message you gave me, I gave them, and they took it, and they were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me. For they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours, and yours is mine, and my life is on display in them. For I'm no longer going to be visible in the world. They'll continue in the world while I return to you. Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life, that you conferred as a gift through me, so they can be one heart and mind, as we are one heart and mind. As long as I was with them, I guarded them. In the pursuit of the life you gave through me, I even posted a lookout, and not one of them got away, except for the rebel bent on destruction, the exception that proved the rule of Scripture. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy complete in them. I gave them your word, the godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the world's ways, just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but you guard them, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I give them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are. I and them, you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made, you, I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. So we're going to be reading over that. Uh, we're going to be going through this up to Easter, where we have a time and the teachers are going to come and just share something that stood out to them. Uh, God spoke to them and kind of a word to us. 
And we've actually going to have Edgar do the same thing. So Edgar, why don't you come up? Um, let's give him a big welcome. Well, good morning. Yeah, I hope it's the, yeah. My, I've lost track of days, so I'm not too sure what time it is either. Um, oh, I guess it is Sunday. That's yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that part should be a bit obvious. Um, my African name is Awar. I'm just saying that because David wondered if that should be included. Um, and I'm so glad to have family here. Uh, I come from a community that's so big on honor, and I, uh, I, I, I say this to them, and I also want to just say this very publicly. G and David, I love you so much. And uh, Josh and Steph and the boys, love you. It's been so good, yes. Um, I, I honor that family. They've, they've loved me, um, um, and they're a huge part of how I'm here today both in my journey in leadership and even in my journey through whichever parts of the US these are today. <laughs> I try to buy, okay, I, I'm trying, I won't go off track too much, but I try to buy flags because I collect flags when I travel and uh, we just uh, realized it's, for one it's $12 and for three it's $14. So I need to, anyway, so, interesting math you do around here. Uh, let me first of all say thank you um, as a church, and I've just realized it's not St. Louis Vineyard, it's Vineyard uh, Community Church. <laughs> so as, as a local church, you have um, been a blessing to us. Um, um, your church community, and I believe David and the team tell you this, and I, I really think it's important that you hear it from me as the national director of the Vineyard in Kenya. Your church community partners with us. You've supported our Vineyard family back home in Kenya. Your friendship, uh, you know, David and I have had a couple calls, and they weren't just about the work. You know, he's, he's asked how he can pray for me, how he can pray for the pastors back home. Um, um, concern, prayer, and even financially, you have stood with us, and I am deeply grateful, and I want you to know that. Um, most particularly, uh, I want to let you know that, that, that uh, you know, there's a, there's a little church, and you saw the first few seconds of the video uh, were from the church in Rongai, and some of you might have heard of it, and most particularly this church, this local church, and you are part of it, uh, partners with that, with that church, and I am deeply, deeply grateful. Um, Emmanuel, seated in the back with his family, is, uh, was, is part of that community, and he's even gone back to visit them, so you, you, you're partnering with family. It's a wonderful church. Um, um, the, it's mostly attended by, um, mostly attended by and led by communities that are coming out of the war in Congo. And I, I don't know how much of that you know, but there's a, there's a brutal war going on in Congo. And so some families have, have found a place in Kenya, and they've also found a family with us in the vineyard. 
Ed. So that, that's the local church, and it's a beautiful story. Some of them never know, some of them don't know when they'll ever see their families, or if they will ever see their families. I was sitting, I was sitting with, um, with, with, with some of their leaders over lunch a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, and some of them bear scars on their body from when they ran for safety. Um, and it's hard living um, as, uh, as a refugee because um, you, 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 do, you might have a place, but you don't get jobs. It's hard, you know, you're living in a different culture. Um, it's hard to take kids to school. And at the same time, it is the most delightful uh, church. They're full of joy. They're full of joy. G and David, the Downs, because <laughs> I gathered there's so many Davids, um, uh, were visiting, and their experience was similar to mine. They, they dance. You know, sometimes we think all of Africa dances. No, they dance. And, and you know, David and Gia were being nice from Alabama, and, but they were, they were in their face dancing, and I was like, they did that with me too. They are full of joy. And so thank you for standing with them. Um, you, you've helped them build a church community that they can call home. You've, you've uh, partnered with them to uh, do medical bills sometimes. And so, yeah, as, as a leader there, I want to say thank you, uh, Vineyard Community Church. And my prayer for you, my prayer for this church community, is, is that it will be, it won't be, that as you partner with, with God, because we're really invited to join God in what he's doing, that it won't be a removed thing. Because sometimes it, it's way easier to just do something from afar. You know, uh, that we will find ways to see that as part of our own discipleship, as part of our own formation. It's not just something we're doing far away. It's something God is doing in us and with us. And, and so... I'm inviting you to be very intentional, very intentional about thinking um, of, of your engagement here, near you, with your, with your family, with your community, the community that is around you. God is doing something around that. Don't be removed from it because it is doing something in you too. And then the places near you, the 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 school communities or just your extended family. I don't know if that's a concept that makes sense here, but, you know. Okay, good. Um, your extended family. God is inviting you to move beyond just yourself, but very intentionally being aware that it is transforming you too. Um, I love that when Jesus taught, you know, when he's saying, when, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. Or when I needed coffee, you took me to Starbucks. Anyway, no. Uh, but when, it hit me that when Jesus says that, he's saying there's something of God we miss if we're not going to be involved intentionally with the least, the lost, and the... Um, what's the other one, Gia? And <laughs> the four, yes, thank you. And even further away. So to intentionally pray for this church to intentionally pray for this church and its leaders with an awareness that you're joining God and He is actively doing something in you through it all. 
Um, so as I've led a local church, I, I also lead a, a, a local church in, 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 in Kenya. I haven't led it as long as David has uh, been leading church. But as I've led the local church and I've been leading in the vineyard, I, I remember at some point going, uh, growing very, very frustrated with, with the whole church thing. Because I kept asking myself, what difference does it make? There's so many churches in Kenya. At some point in my city, there was a church for every couple yards you go. You know. So many churches in Kenya. Just like uh, I, I assume there are in the U.S. And, you know, it was frustrating for me to see that there wasn't so much transformation. I guess what, what, what Jesus in... in in his conversation with the disciples called fruitfulness. There wasn't so much of that. And people go to church every Sunday and twice on Easter. There's very little transformation. It was frustrating for me, you know, because you could see in how believers treated their spouses or their neighbors, you, and, and, and you could see in how you know, people live their lives on college, and you're just going, heck, I even saw it in my own life, and I was frustrated. What's happening? What's the point of all this? And more and more, I want to invite people to do more than just be Christians. My invitation to uh, this local church, let's be more than just being Christians. I really think there's a difference or at least in the way we've used that word. Could we actually follow Jesus? Could we actually follow Jesus? And one of the key, uh, one of the key ingredients in, in um, the journey of transformation, I think, is allowing Jesus to replace the narratives we've lived by with his truth. I think we all, you know, if you're unaware, so human beings, we're, we're narrative creatures. That's why um, we have more than one streaming service. We enjoy good stories, right? We enjoy good stories because we see ourselves in them. I once told my church community, if we're going to have a relationship, I want to know what character you see yourself as in my favorite show. So human beings, we're, we're creatures of narrative. Think about it. And, and it, it, there's a way you think about marriage, sex, raising kids, politics, uh, business. You have a, a, a blueprint. That, that comes from the narratives you've believed. And that is what comes out as you live. We are narrative creatures. But often we don't interrogate our narratives. And sadly, sometimes we don't allow Jesus to form those narratives. And I think that's a big deal. If we are going to really follow Jesus, it, we've got to start by allowing him to replace the false narratives we've had with the truth. The problem is we're often also in a hurry, right? The problem is we're in a hurry. Uh, the last time I, I visited, maybe not the last time, I realized 
you can even, you can, or well, I think some of it is helpful because life gets very busy, but you can be helped further to be, uh, to be in a hurry by uh, singly packed boiled eggs. You know, just no need to sit down and wait for, I'd, and that might only have been in this one state I visited. <laughs> And <laughs> and I think I think it's it's never helpful if we uh, hurry, as uh, John Marcoma says, is uh, oh no I, he might have picked it up from somewhere else is the number one uh, enemy. <laughs> okay, I think the kids are waving. <laughs> this is a great church. Hurry is <laughs> hurry is the number one enemy. Of, of our spiritual life. And so I love that the, the, um, this church in this season is walking through a, a time of just sitting down with Scripture because Scripture is primarily the way we allow God to shape our narratives. And Scripture was designed to, you know, if you sometimes find the Bible hard to understand or confusing or any other things, Partly because we were meant to just sit with it. And over the arc of our lifetime, we go, ah, I am becoming who God is making me to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So, so if you struggle with scripture, welcome to the team. <laughs> Most of us who are pastoring also do. <laughs> it was designed that we sit with it over the arc of a lifetime. And so I will walk us through the same thing. We'll just sit with uh, John 15, 16 to 21, and I'll give us some prompts, and we'll just sit with it. Just like, almost like what we've done in the morning. And we'll trust that the Holy Spirit will, will speak truth to us, even if it's just for the next step, even if it's just for this week. Don't worry, you have a lifetime, right? So, um, may I invite you to just sit as comfortably as you can. I will too. Um, um, and I'll walk us through this part, so don't worry about it. Just breathe in. Lord, you're here. Breathe out. And we're here with you. Holy Spirit, help us become aware of your presence. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask for in my, Father's na in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, the world would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours too. They will treat you this way because of my name, 
for they do not know the one who sent me. What is the Lord drawing your attention to? Holy Spirit, would you, what would you like to draw my attention to today? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love one another. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Where are you finding agreement with God's word today? Why don't we bless and thank the Lord for where we find agreement with his word today. Lord, we ask that your truth forms and shapes us. Where does your heart find a bit of resistance to what we just read? Maybe ask Jesus why you feel resistant to that. We are at war not with human beings or our neighbors, our friends or our families, not even our enemies but with principalities and powers in high places, Paul said. And when the Bible talks about the world, it's referring to the way society organizes itself to reject the rule and reign of God. Holy Spirit, show me where I have treated my neighbor, my siblings, my enemy, or my friend as though they were the world instead of loving them as you have loved me. Holy Spirit, show me what breaks your heart for the life in my family and my neighborhood. Where have we rejected your kingdom? Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Sometimes we have a love affair with the world. We, we do things exactly the way the world does them. 
Father, show me where I need to repent. For being no different from the world around me, even when I know I've been called to live differently. Lord, show me where I have forgotten that I am not of the world. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Our engagement with the world should be one to bring peace, reconciling human beings with each other, human beings with God, human beings with our surrounding. Sometimes we completely withdraw. We look at the mess around us and we completely withdraw. Other times we respond combatively out of self-righteous indignation. Jesus instead embraced the world in love. For God so loved the world, he gave his unique son. Holy Spirit, are there areas in my family, my church, or community where I have disengaged and you would like me to give myself in order to bring reconciliation. Father, are there places where I have responded in anger, combativeness and self-righteousness instead of embracing those around me in love. As I finish, I want to read Jesus' prayer over us. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. You have revealed the Father to, to us, Lord. You've given us your words. And we've accepted them. And we know certainly that you come from the, from the Father. And we believe in you. And so Jesus prays over you. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you've given me. For they're yours. All I have is yours. And all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect each one of us. Protect Vineyard Community Church by the power of your name. The name that you gave Jesus so we may be one. I've told you this word so that in 
me, you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Amen.